Who would have thought Judy Foodie would have a podcast four weeks in? And Leno. Julie, still rocking and rolling. Who do we have this week? We've got the Jessica Mendoza. We love Jessica. We do. We love us some Jessica. All right. Many know her for her softball prowess, of course, for Team USA. At two Olympics, she won a gold and silver in 2004 and 2008. But in her second life, post-playing, she's become a trailblazing mama in her fourth full season as ESPN's Sunday night baseball analyst. And right after we interviewed her, uh, the New York Mets announced that they have hired her as a baseball operations advisor, as well as she's going to continue to do ESPN Sunday night baseball. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, get comfortable listening. It's Jessica Mendoza. Thanks for tuning in today. Today's podcast is supported by your financial ally, Ally Bank. Because if you're paying for a service, you wouldn't accept anything less than great, right, Lynn? Absolutely. Things like gyms, personal trainers, physical therapists, uh, shin guards shin in your case. Right? We research everything we until sure we do. find the best. Shouldn't we do the same with our banks? We tend to stay with whatever bank we've had forever, not questioning it, often putting up with subpar service, low rates, but better is out there. Ally knows you deserve better, and their mission is to be just that. Julie, it's in the name. They're an ally for your financial well-being. Get it? With Ally, you'll get interest rates up to 20 times the national average and live customer care. And get this, Julie. On average, women, we are paid 20% less than men, and therefore, we really do have to be even smarter about where we put our money. Money means having options to do things like start a business, quit your job, start a family, Retire the way you want or leave a legacy. And when you call Ally, you can chat with a real person 24-7, even on bank holidays, weekends, or during halftime if you need a little financial pep talk. They won't try to confuse you with fancy jargon and you won't get nutmeg by hidden fees. The team at Ally actually cares about doing right by you and your money. And I think as women... We don't talk about this enough, honestly. We should be paying attention to our money and where we put it. It's called money mindfulness. So go to ally.com to find out more. That's A-L-L-Y dot com. Ally Bank, member FDIC. Also check out another great ESPN podcast, Caught Offside, which is all about the beautiful game. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney break down the latest from the soccer world, everything from the U.S. team and English Premier League to the UEFA Champions League. That's caught offside. Be sure to give them a listen. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time, find and enjoy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. All right, Jessica Mendoza. Please set the scene, would you? We're in my lovely home. It's lo- it is lovely. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Doves <laughs> flying overhead. Yeah. There's actually song. I'm not even playing anything, but it just comes through the home. We do have donuts. Uh, amazingly, Caleb has sequestered the strawberries, not the donuts. <laughs> He's taken over the strawberries. Let's talk about the fact that you're going into your fourth season of covering baseball for Sunday night baseball, of course. But I, I feel like it was just yesterday we were talking about making that big leap. 
Yeah, it's it's funny, Jules, because I was just thinking how it feels like forever, like the person that first got called up to the booth in 2015, the nervousness, the insecurity, the am I ready? And honestly, I don't know if I really was ready. I couldn't say that I was 100%, hadn't been covering baseball, college softball and college football were the main sports that I covered. And here I am doing my first MLB game on a Monday and then my first Sunday night baseball game five days later. And just how clueless yet excited nervous want to throw up all the emotions that go with it and to think that i'm coming in and still here um and loving it 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 makes me look back on that person and it feels like 10 years ago doesn't it yeah the growth the growth for sure the growth honestly is an analyst i remember my my boss even kind of saying like i don't know if you're ready for this i was just like come on give me some confidence like i need it like every doubt going through my head i need someone to tell me i can do it yeah i'm not it's not gonna be me <laughs> you serious <laughs> well just it was honest and i look back on that and it's amazing though how you can convince yourself and you have to when you're going to do something that you're really scared to do when you feel like all odds are against you but you know the opportunity something you can't say no to i mean it wasn't like i could go back to them and because it was a timing thing. Literally, if someone got suspended, my opportunity came up and it wasn't like, yeah, can I just, can you give me a month or so? That that wasn't an option. So it was like, all right, I'm jumping in. I knew that I wasn't fully prepared, but sometimes that's kind of fun too. I think to sports, all sports, anything, it needs that shakeup of someone that too isn't in it every single day. Right. And I mean, I came in, I was so fired up for that game. And you got to understand it was September for everyone during the season. I gave the producer like 30 ideas of one knowing over and he just looked at me like tired, just totally beat down. His lead analyst just got suspended. Now I've got you. (laughs) Is this crazy woman? Never even met you before, but sure, show up and here's all your ideas. And he was just like, let's just do the game. Like, almost like, let's just get through this, and then we'll see what we can do about your ideas. Did he ever come back to your 30 ideas? Did you get your 30 ideas on the air? No. <laughs> That's always the case, isn't it? Yeah. You come loaded with all this information. Totally. And then it's it never makes air. Even my first time in the booth, that was that same year for college baseball, and and Kyle Peterson, who you work with in Little mm-hmm. League, he was just telling me the other day, he's like, I remember the first time you came to the booth and I was like, she is so nervous. I'm like, how did you know? Because I tried so hard to be like, I'm cool. I do this all the time. Like, you know, no big deal. And he's like, you had a notebook of ideas and thoughts. You had written all this stuff and you had like a spreadsheet, your computer. And I was, I was like, I've never seen anyone in the sport ever be more prepared and more. He's like, so I knew you, you were totally nervous. I was like, dang it. I was hoping all that would make me totally fit in. Do you come with notes still? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm still, I'm a nerd. Nerves are not. And I was like, this is an athlete. Preparation to me, the more you prep, the more it calms me. Yeah. So I always yeah. knew if I was in the batter's box, I could look down a picture and be like, girl, <laughs> you're going down. Like, there's no <laughs> way you out shuttled me. You out lifted weights. You out sat in the cage or put in the reps yeah. or put in the time. There's no chance. So I, I know I'm going to beat you. And it just would give me this sense of calm. Even if strike one, strike two, strike three, I'd be like, girl, next time. That's right. <laughs> no <laughs> Maybe way. Maybe not this time. <laughs> I have another at bat. <laughs> Biatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, go back to, to the 
actual decision to say, okay, I'm ready to get in that booth. Because I think for a lot of people, and it may not be going to call men's, you know, pro baseball, but they come across this in their life, right? You have to make this incredible leap. And there are so many times where people are probably in their lives going, hell no, I am not doing that. Or you don't feel prepared. Yeah, you don't feel prepared. What made you have the confidence to make that leap? Or the craziness? Um, well, I am crazy, one. There's true a part of me that kind of craves that. I crave pressure. People ask me all the time, do you miss playing? And I feel like because of my job, and not just doing baseball, but just television, there's a part of me that when my heart is pounding, and I'm sweating, and I'm nervous, and I don't know what the heck's going to happen when that red light goes on, it's kind of like being in the bottom of the seventh, the bases are loaded, and I'm up to bat, and I don't know what the result's going to be. And my heart's pounding, and it's a big moment. I realize that's why I played. There's a lot of reasons I love playing sports. You know, my sisters, all the you know people that you're out there, the teammates, all of that. But to be honest, at the core of me was just that feeling of a ton of pressure, you didn't know what was going to happen. You're outside your comfort zone, yeah. but God, does it feel good? Yeah. I crave moments where I know that I could totally fail or I, I could su- succeed, but it's a, it's a big moment. You know, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And there's some sick part of me, you know, I like jumping out of airplanes. <laughs> like, you know, when I'm nervous and I'm scared, I know that that means something great is about to happen. Has that always been you? Yeah. I mean, I, I have doubt. It's not like I, I've always hit these moments head on. I've definitely been like, shoot, should I? I mean, you wear honestly, a helmet. Yeah. Like I, well, I, <laughs> I went extra cautious. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been the person that jumps in, jumps off the cliff and then figures out like midair. Did I bring a parachute? Like <laughs> just do it and then figure out once you're in it, what you need to do to be good at it or like get out of it. Um, because once for me, once I start thinking about it, can I do this? Should I jump in? You know, that first Sunday night game, was I prepared? If I, the more I thought about it, the answer is no, I wasn't ready. Mm. I didn't know the sport at the level that Sunday night baseball required. You know, I, I, I wasn't at a position to where, yeah, I could go and just crush any game at any point, you know, but you do it and then you figure it out after that. It doesn't mean you're going to succeed sister. at it. Yeah. But how many, how many of us don't raise our hand? That's the hardest part is just being able to take that first leap, that first step. It's That's that rush too. Yeah. Of here I go. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It's a roller coaster. Yes! <laughs> Where am I landing? <laughs> Forgot to think about it. <laughs> Filled wings. Fast. Yes. There's a tree. <laughs> yeah, I got a few concussions as a snowboarder. Just let's go off the trail and see where this jump takes me. And then like into a tree is where it took me. Yeah, that's so it doesn't always work out. You agree, Caleb? <laughs> yes, I agree. You agree? Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yes, I agree. What made you want to get into TV? What was your start? I was playing and uh we were playing the World Cup and uh we'd just beaten China and ESPN covered the game. It might have been an ABC game, I don't know, but they were interviewing me after we beat China and I was just like, ah, like just pumped. And afterward the producer came up to me and was like, "You got a lot of passion." <laughs> 
<laughs> like, would you ever think about doing television? That means you got a lot of energy. <laughs> like, what? Well, I don't know what you are, but like, if we could just maybe bottle that up and try to. And my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, no filter, Mike. I'd be fired for staying. <laughs> like, there's no way. Then they asked me to audition. And this was, it was a cool time, honestly, because softball was booming and they only had two analysts. And all of a sudden they went from 25 games to like 250 games. So they needed people. And so they asked me to come audition. I almost didn't want to do it. I mean, that was like a comfort zone thing for me. I graduated from Stanford. My plan was to get into politics, work on educational reform. I had an internship, you know, in, in DC. That was my mission in life. That's what I was going to do with my master's and my undergrad and television never, you know, and you don't have the background. And so I'm like, gosh, like failure. And then I had, I had some really good people around me that were just like, so you fail. So what? And then you're done. Right. You're already done now. <laughs> like you're not in TV. So you go and you're awful. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Then you know. But what's the upside? Right? And it, it was just it, it was a shift in perspective. So as much as yeah, I've always wanted to meet challenges, there's also been times where my reality was off. Because in my mind, I wasn't meant for television. I was like, I'm just too outspoken and I say things without thinking. (laughs) It's what we love. What are you kidding? (laughs) I haven't gotten fired yet for saying a bad word, but it's there. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. I'm warning everyone now. No, Caleb, don't listen to that. That's not true. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they had me audition. Beth Moens flew in and... It was amazing. Oh, BMO? Yeah. Who auditioned you? Yeah. She, she called the game with you? Yes. And oh, we just sat her. there. We had the game pulled up on TV. And um, I, I'll tell you what, nothing felt so natural. Wow. It was, I'll never forget. It was Northwestern I mean, playing Arizona. Did you say that on your first day on your audition? You said nothing felt so natural? It just felt so natural. Like I was wow. way nervous. I was sweating. I remember um, the boss that was there. I had a huge... Um, uh, huge book uh, Nelson Mandela's uh, A Long Walk to Freedom like mm-hmm. massive because I'm just dork right so I walk in with this book I don't know why I brought that with me but in case we had downtime I wanted to read and I dropped it on the foot like almost broke the toe of, like my, I was just so all over the place and then they're like why are you bringing a book like on you know Nelson Ma- Mandela to a softball <laughs> audition like just dork right and you know I'm just like God, this just doesn't feel right then the game starts and, and even like, I think the open, I kind of struggled through, like, did some sort of open. I was just like, blah, 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 like something that yeah. sounded like that, which isn't good TV, by the way. Um, and so then we started the game. It was Arizona playing Northwestern and I just went and it was like sitting on the cu- couch, kicking it with my friends, talking about a game I love. Ugh. And then it was done and I was like, can we do another one? <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> like it just was, I shouldn't say easy because there's still so many nuances yeah. about television that weren't easy. But as far as just, seeing a game and finding things to tell the people watching. And and for me, I'm like, if I love it, I know you're going to love it. So let me tell you all the things I'm going to point out right now that you're going to dig too. I was so nervous the first time I did live television because it was also for the men's world cup, 1998. I was still on the national team. How I got this gig. I am not sure. (laughs) I said to my agent, do they know that I don't (laughs) do television? And, uh, She's like, I didn't really tell him that. I was like, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what B-roll is. They're doing all this language, you know, yeah. sound on tape. I'm like, what are they saying in this production <laughs> meeting? And I get to the studio, and I'm, you know, we're doing pregame or halftime or something, and my husband is watching from home. <laughs> and 
I said, how did I do? And he's like, he was trying to be so supportive. He was like, oh, honey, you were great. But why are you shouting? (laughs) I must have been so nervous. Like this, all the time. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then France, that corner kick was amazing. (laughs) B-roll. I was like, was I? I was like, I know because I'm so nervous. Oh my God. I never thought I would be so nervous. <laughs> you were shouting. I'm so happy to hear you were not shouting. I did answer the producer on, this was like first live telecast. No one tells you anything, nothing. It's literally like, and you're going to do a softball game and go. <laughs> and I remember them saying, all right, you know, whatever they said. And I was like, mid sentence. I was like, what? <laughs> stopped and the play-by-play was like trying to like pick me up okay like bottom of the third you know and then i was like wait wait what like i think someone's trying to talk wait explain to people what's going on so that you have an earpiece or you have a headset um for games and there's a whole truck and the producer and director and you know there's all this communication that happens stop talking to you they're always talking and they talk to you during the game and a lot of it obviously is very helpful when you're going to commercial break what's next maybe something that they're going to show on the screen that you could help support but no one tells you that not everyone else can hear them (laughs) Nobody. I mean, I didn't even know what the buttons were. <laughs> like, Thanks so, for one. That's the talkback. That's well, that would have been a good use of talkback. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, just on air, trying to communicate with the person. This like alien. Hey, someone's <laughs> trying to talk to me right now. Was, I remember it was Mark Neely doing play by play, and I was kind of like, "Shh, why are you talking? There's no one else trying to talk. You're so rude." <laughs> and they kept trying to tell me stop. I'm like, stop what? <laughs> One of my early mistakes where I learned the mic is always hot, we were calling the College Cup, so the Final Four for women's soccer, and it was the semifinals, so two games back-to-back. It was the second game. I think the first game had gone into double overtime. The second game went into double overtime. I mean, this game had gone on forever, and it's now like you know 11 p.m. at night, and we go to commercial break because there was an injury on the field, and I was literally like, Put a pitchfork in her and drag her off. We are good. Let's move this game along. Has anyone got a keg up here? I'm talking to people. We're in commercial break, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to people as they come up because the booth was like accessible to the fans. So people are coming up and we're talking about players. They give that telecast to the team's hotel and run it on a continuous loop. In the hotel rooms of all the teams. Why would they do that? Exactly. (laughs) And when I get back to my room and we're in commercial break and I am spouting off like nonsense, right? I'm like, we've got to get this tape off. I go to get to the hotel. I'm like, we can't have this tape running. Like I was saying stuff that I shouldn't have been saying for public consumption. Yeah. They couldn't get into the room. It was locked because oh, no. it was a weekend. <laughs> it was just on like a... <gasps> oh, no. It's got a keg. Take a fork in her. She sucks. That's good TV, though. Yes. I bet people like locked in. To this in. day, Anson Dorrance says it's the best mm. telecast I've ever done. <laughs> 
He's like, I didn't want to leave my room. I did not want to leave my room. When it went to commercial break, I turned everything off and I just listened. I was like, oh my God, a hot mic. It is so true. Because when you're even at ESPN headquarters and like, we'll be watching, you know, like all the games that are going on, but you have like their... So there's no commercials so you can hear and i'm always like yes this is the good stuff what's ron darling gonna say video 10 they're on commercial break let's see what kind of dirt we can get what do you guys talk about on commercial break you and a rod uh, me, me and me and a rod it's mostly just because this is his first year and first year being an analyst i think he'd done two games ever um before this year and so it's mostly like logistics there's Come no juice okay we got That's so boring uh, we got God, okay we got J-Lo. j-lo's concerts or <laughs> we got j-lo totally kissing him but we we like ran that back so she snuck down she was at by the way like 90 percent of our games which she was she, she loves him because to sit and i love baseball but to come to like all the yeah. places that we went she had her show on that's, saturday night she'd fly all night level. to come that's, and Literally, like, and she's a baseball fan, but she would watch him do baseball games. And I don't think I would be that woman. Oh, I would I not be that I woman. Mean, I, I love my husband, but I I'm not going to. I five her for that. How do you deal with the haters out there? I know when I call men's games, it's just, you get. Yeah, I want to hear about you. Can I, it, they, can we have I mean, like a therapy it, session? Yeah. <laughs> I'll lie down on the couch. I mean, but the first thing you, you always read is that, you know, why is she calling this? And I'm talking about myself, but I know that probably do it in baseball as well and when any woman is calling a game i feel like it's out there you know doris burke beth mowens and so how have you dealt with that now that you're going you're in your fourth season yeah it was i mean in the beginning it was hard because i i love the relationship on social media i've always been a huge fan of just interacting with people and you know there's always criticism but it was always like hey what you talked about with their back foot i disagree or like that pitch i felt like i'm like oh you heard me and we can interact and disagree and not, you know, but it's like real conversation. I think what blew me away in the beginning was just like pure hatred over gender. Right. And I don't know if I, I feel like I was blessed growing up at a dad who's a baseball coach, football coach, and he had three daughters and a son. And there was never hear the go- girls, hear the boys. This is what girls do. This is what boys do. This is what we do. And, you know, I was on the baseball field with the boys all the time and football field on the sidelines. And it never occurred to me that like in 2019 now, but, you know, 15 then that because you're a female, you can't do it. You don't belong. Like, I know that sounds now crazy because I've realized that there's a still, a, unfortunately, a, a large amount of people that, that do feel that way, that, you know, that women shouldn't do stuff and that we do have our boxes that we should mm-hmm. be in and close mm-hmm. the box and don't let them out. But um, that I think that was the hardest part is when people were even so negative. Like my reaction was, I want to meet them. <laughs> it's so huge. And my I husband, my husband was I like, hug them. "No, I well, I just wanted <laughs> to talk to him and be like, why? Like, okay, tell me. Like, so you hate me because I'm a woman? Let's just talk about this. Is it my voice? Is it something I said? Or is it just pure hatred for women? Like, what? What is it? What's going on with you? Yeah. And my husband was like, "No, I don't think we need to meet them." Like. <laughs> Bless Adam. Yeah, Adam was like, I don't think meeting these people that want to hurt you because you're a female is ideal. What I do now, even to this day, is after Sunday Night Baseball, I don't check my mentions or even comments for at least a day. Yeah. Because people react strongly. It's strong in one way or another, and that's what changes. So sometimes people are like, you're the most amazing thing ever happened to baseball. That's not true either. In the very next tweet, <laughs> I cannot handle this anymore. Yeah, like, I hate amazing. you. I'm yeah. going to punch you in the face. And yeah. It's like, 
it's so extreme yeah both and i don't like either one like i don't think you know i'm the greatest thing ever and i also don't think you know someone should hurt me because of my gender so i like the more middle road where there is just conversation and it's more real that's helped me a lot because those those words did get to me in the beginning Mm. those voices started to like enter like when i'd be on air you know i just read these comments like you know you don't know what you're talking about you never played baseball like you don't understand why are you here like just over and over a lot of the same narrative and so i'd be mid-thought and all of a sudden it would like hit me but you Mm. never played major league baseball Mm. you weren't in that uniform Mm. and i would just stop talking oh interesting and i was like it's amazing how strong you feel like you are how confident you feel like you are and then yet you still have like doubt and i had to i felt like i was 16 again like kind of had to refine who i was and and really ask myself like okay i didn't play major league baseball you know i i am not the usual person that should be in this seat you know I'm new to this game, even from calling it. Should I be doing this? And and I didn't want to just be doing it because I felt like that's what I'm supposed to do. I wanted to do it because I felt like I was good at it. Right. And so I had to really like find that and find myself and, and build that confidence from within and mm-hmm. the people I trusted, not from right. the outside. And so I, I blocked them out for a good amount of time so I could kind of figure out what was really going on and then use that to battle wh- whatever was out there. Can we also add the pressure you were under and all the eyeballs that were on you at the same time? Yeah, well, and I remember it was it was actually cool. I was sitting, I remember, in the back seat with Aaron Boone getting driven from, I think, New York City. And we had, I don't know where we were headed, but it was a long drive. And something had just happened that morning. I think I'd done an interview. And by the time I got in the car, um, you know, I was getting ESPN PR. Like, all these people were calling me because someone had said something and had made news and... Some guy was, I don't know, saying something really inappropriate about me or wanted whatever it was. Um, and so I'm dealing with like all this and I'm in the back seat with Booney and he pulled up his phone and he was showing me like all the things that people had said about him. People just ripping on like your voice, like you sound awful. You sound like you're underwater. Like, who are you? You spoiled, like, you know, just they're ripping him, you know, and it was a little different. Like no one was saying, I hate that you're a man calling baseball, right. <laughs> but it was still just haters wanting to hate. It's part of the gig in general. I do have to say that there is a level of just words that are used that are different. And that's when I've had to kind of gloss over more of the specific gender stuff that can just get so hurtful. I know. And that's amazing. You've handled it so gracefully. Oh, it's not always pretty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have. I, what do you tell other women who want to commentate male games, any sport? To be honest, what made me want to do this was listening to you doing the Men's World Cup. Like, Not so you're talking 1998. About, I, and I, <laughs> I think you're right. Like, I think if I had heard you. She's screaming. So if you want to do men's games, you yell. <laughs> yes. Here's my lesson from watching Julie in 1998. Maybe still today. I don't know. It, yeah, it definitely wasn't 98 because I remember you, you, you crushed it and it was, and it, but the thing is, it wasn't a big deal to me. It was just like a regular flow between you and the other male analysts and it was just good. It wasn't anything special like, oh, here's the female talking. Here she goes. In a red sequin dress. Yeah, exactly. With with lights on and coming out. I'm like, here I am talking about male sports. <laughs> you can actually see the dance that she just did. Um, and then Doris Burke. I remember listening to Doris um, oh, doing so basketball. Good. And again, it was just like good. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything 
gosh, wow, this is so amazing or not. It was just like, oh, she sounds like any good analyst would. And and that really hit me. Okay, we're going to move on to the Olympics. Can I hear the jig that you did when you found out softball was back in the 2020 Olympics? Jessica Mendoza. I think I got emotional just because we saw and felt when we were eliminated after 2008. And yeah, selfishly, like I would have played in 2012 and 2016. So it took two Olympics away from me. But mostly it was the letters that I got from girls. I mean, just letter after letter of hearts broken. Like, what do we do? How do we get it Mm. back? And being on the the board that was getting it back, flying to Switzerland to stand in front of the IOC and demand that we get back and have them just totally ignore us. And the politics that you then learn, because to me, the Olympics was perfect. So when I found out it was back, I just, it, it was, gosh, the girls, I get it. There's only 15 that are on the team. It's the dream. And for us, the Olympics is the pinnacle of our sport. You know, we do have national pro fast pitch. We have a pro league, but the height of our sport is, is begins and ends with the Olympic games, all the notoriety, the sponsors, the money, just honestly, from the youth level, when it's in the Olympics, more kids play, right? I mean, it just, it trickles to every aspect and you know, it's not back permanently. So this isn't something where we're sitting here just parting and we're here. We're here for Tokyo. I don't know if we'll be there for Paris. We better be here for LA still to have it be back permanently is, is the next goal. So how much thought did you give to also coming back? Well, Adam, I mean, he was like, come on, what do you think? <laughs> he was? <laughs> yeah. It was hard because we won silver in the last game and we lost to Japan. I know. So I have lots of words that I would say about how I feel about that team <laughs> and the team that beat us. Um, and the fact that we could go back to their t- turf and kick their butts was a little enticing. <laughs> yeah. Not that you're holding on to that. Yeah, at all. Not that I'm competitive. <laughs> you should see the gold medal is like so worn. I will not take that silver medal out. I'm just like, <laughs> no, I am the same way. Kids want to like look at it cause it's bigger. Yeah. And, like, and it's it shinier. actually is like a really pretty medal too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Silver is not way. a pretty color. It's I still ugly. have cold sweats about that <laughs> dang yeah. Norwegian team. Right? See? Okay. Oh. So if you had a chance, why they Olympics were in Norway. Viking biatches. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm with you. Well, I'm reason, with you. Is that the reason you came back for your next, for the Olympics? Oh, I was still playing, but I did tell my husband, because um, we had lost the 2000 Olympics. We had lost the 2003 World Cup. And our final event that Mia, myself, Brandy, all of us were playing in was the 2004 Olympics. I was at that game, by the way. I was painted up and screaming. I met like a bunch of your family members. Go ahead. That was the best game ever. And, um, and we knew that was it. So we were, we would have gone out with losing the last three world championships because we had silver, bronze, and and then we had the 2004 Olympics. And so I told my husband, if we don't win this, I am going to be the biggest biatch you have ever for seen for the of, rest yeah. of your life. He was yeah. like, what do I need to do to help you? <laughs> How can I help you win this? <laughs> for the betterment of our marriage. <laughs> so when we won, he was like, oh, thank God. No, I would have been bitter. I would have not. I So I get it. Like, yeah. Like, there's... There yeah. was no closure to that no, moment. No, and it's 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 definitely still there, you know, to be able to just go. But but I realized like I'm going to be there. 
like whether I'm covering it or mm-hmm. as a fan, like I will be there. And if you see this random crazy person storming <laughs> the field after Japan totally goes down and is crying their eyes out, that could be me. <laughs> and I might be rubbing in their face. <laughs> 2008. How does it feel? <laughs> how do you like me now (laughs) this crazy person (laughs) what's the reason why why not why i wouldn't yeah i mean it crossed my mind for me i feel very content with Mm. besides wanting to be japan (laughs) but that's it i would be coming i would be like two years of my life would be a hundred percent training no espn no job all that kids wouldn't see me as much for yeah. one game because <laughs> it's really just to beat them <laughs> like all those other games whatever rounds to get to the gold medal game i don't care right <laughs> like, i just want you japan yeah on your home turf <laughs> so that one game if i knew i could come out even just six months i would probably do it but it's it's more than it's more than just that did you do a mental checklist of it would take this 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 this, this to make it happen my husband and I, we, we talked through it. It's weird. I don't know if it was like this for you, but I knew I wasn't going to be the athlete that would retire and come back because I'm an all in person. So when I'm all in on playing, I'm in. But when I was all in on, I'm not going to play anymore. There's something that changes in your heart. That person, it's not in me anymore. That's how you know, too. You would have that urge. If, totally. And you would know. And then I would do it. Yeah. And to you be would, honest. Exactly. Because you would be regretting it if you didn't. Because it, it was hard to retire. Yeah. And I knew... And my husband kept saying, like, you're not going to retire. You're not going to retire. I know you. Like, you love this game too much. I was like, I do love this game, but I feel like I've done everything I need to do. And I'm excited for the next portion. And a big part of that is is my kids. The way that I loved the game, it's hard, I feel like, to give the love and devotion to them at their age and then still give the way that I loved and committed myself to the the sport. When I say all in, I mean, that's I ate, breathed, drank, trained all the time. That's the only way I knew how to do it. Did you drink whiskey back then? I didn't, and I don't drink whiskey, I drink scotch. Oh, so sorry. For, yeah. You should know my brown drinks. <laughs> I don't, because I don't drink them. Actually this is here. the new thing after all 18. these years. It's really good. That sorry. Jess and I have known each other. There is something I did not know about her that I discovered at the Little League World Series when we straddled up to the bar. Oh, careful with the straddle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we, you got into the bar. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we saddled. Bellied? Maybe we bellied. She like comes out with this. What was it? Scotch. Yeah, scotch <laughs> on the rocks. And I was like, really hard to remember. Who are you? I don't even know you anymore. She's like, it's faster, cleaner, easier, <laughs> <laughs> less of a hangover the day after. It's true. You get the good stuff. It's first of all, it's delicious, and um, then you just you get what you need. <laughs> Why waste your time with drinking a 12 pack? (laughs) All right, let's go to kids. On that note, (laughs) the reason for scotch, really. (laughs) Why we all drink? Reason one. (laughs) Okay, so Caleb, you told me today you're nine, right, Caleb? Yeah. Okay, Caleb's nine, Caden's five, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What are the sports you're playing right now, Caleb? Hockey and football. And skiing. And soccer? Skiing. No, oh. I, I do not play soccer. And soccer? Not soccer, no. <laughs> just because yes. you play soccer doesn't mean I have Baseball? to play soccer. Just <laughs> because oh, you did, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, I don't, Rule I don't number play, one. I don't play baseball anymore. What? Yeah, I don't like those. He shot us both down. <laughs> 
I like those sports. He likes the sports that mom knows nothing about. Yeah. (laughs) Hockey. Ice hockey. I go and I'm like, oh, good job with that, you know, cross pattern. You and and dad can't even skate. (laughs) I know. It's true. It's hard. And he tells me. You still need one of those things that helps you stand up. Oh, okay. All right. Now, below the belt. Below the belt. (laughs) I do not. I go out there all by myself. And if I fall, I fall without one. You know that. Caden's playing baseball. I saw yep. in your little yeah. cute Instagram post. His yeah. first day? Yeah, his first day is practice. Um, and he was so nervous. It was the cutest thing, Julie. I know. I mean, he's all decked out and we're walking and he just looks at me and he's like, Mommy, I got ticklies in my belly. <laughs> I was like, ticklies? He's like, Yeah, I think I think I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my heart melted and he was just like you know i i've got these tickles and he's just looking at me like help you know i don't know how we fix this and i was like you know some of the greatest things you'll ever do begin with belly tickles <laughs> he's like really and i was like yeah i'm like i still get them all the time and he's like you get them and i'm like totally i'm like the, the coolest things that you will do it begins with that feeling. He was looking at me like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I don't think you know what belly ticklies are because <laughs> you seem very excited about them. Because <laughs> I was. I was like, oh, yeah, good. Like, like that he's like, yeah, totally. You're still homeschooling them, right? Yeah. I either want to bow to you or be like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> I think mostly I want to bow to you. No, it's crazy. It's the coolest thing that we do. I, I love it because I work on weekends. And so when I come home, the hardest thing for me was like, I miss Saturday and Sunday, which is, you know, the only time they're home. And now Mondays and Tuesdays are our days to teach, learn, but then also we go do stuff. We'll go and we'll hike. We'll go and we'll go to the beach and bring our work. And if you can do math, you know, with some waves and some starfish and we'll climb, we've got this cave spot. That's our science, but it's also just like, it's a time to learn. That makes it sound really cool. Yeah, so those are like the 10%. And then there's the days where we're battling. Because I'm mom. As much as we have that parent-son, when you're teacher-son, yeah. um, it's a whole different level of challenge. Yeah. And so I've had to learn you know, how to be more patient. I've had to learn how to give him breaks. Because sometimes I teach him the way I teach myself, where it's like, let's go, come on, let's push through this. I don't care if you're tired. <laughs> like, let's go. And I mean, he might get tired after 10 minutes and I have to like be okay with stepping back. All right, let's get a snack or let's wrestle or let's go, you know, run around or play hockey, something else to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we've just done 10 minutes, you do 10, you, you do two days though, right? Monday, yeah. Tuesday, and yeah. then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're in, they're, they're in, in school. school. Yeah. Okay. So that's better than full time. I mean, yeah. We couldn't do full time. <laughs> and I think the social aspect, he craves other kids. Yeah. And so he enjoys, um, his Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at school. And it's a break for us. I mean, as much as I do love coming off work and having my two days with the kids homeschool and it's our time, but I'm really excited sometimes on Wednesdays just to be like, okay, you're going to go to school. (laughs) I get to actually get a break and do work. Freedom. (laughs) Reintroduce myself to Adam. (laughs) Hi, I'm your wife. (laughs) Name tags off. (laughs) Nice to meet you. you. (laughs) Okay. Go then. We have like three consecutive closing segments, and one of them is me asking a few questions here. Do I have time for a little bit of donut? I think you just eat the donut. There you go. Find out. (laughs) With a donut in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So Mm -hmm. since both of you do color commentating, Mm -hmm. these are questions about being in the booth. 
Wait, is it competitive? Like, I have to answer before her? Do we get a button that we can press? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like it to be competitive. You know what? Let's make it competitive. Okay. Just, just okay. slam your forehead no, against you the table. Say, like, who had the better answer? Okay. 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 Or Caleb could vote. Yeah, Caleb. <laughs> Caleb. Yeah, Caleb votes. Okay. No family. The game is a blowout. Biases. You've run out of anecdotes. Now what? This is when it gets fun. The wheels come off the bus and you're just, lo- I literally love blowouts or really long games because then like the parameters are gone. Sometimes you sing and, yeah. and you shouldn't, but it's okay. To me, like a blowout is, it's when everything you're not supposed to do is now allowed, except for bad words, I was told. You shouldn't say bad words anyway. Oh, good you're point. Right. Good I point. I was just saying that if someone did want to, not me, but Julie, for example, that she wouldn't be able to. That's when I just like start making up stories. Kind of like, you know, Vince Scully. <laughs> you mean they, they weren't true? I think you made up a lot of stories. <laughs> and so why not? Be like, I mean, if you're going to be like anyone in commentating in, the, in this world... No, I think it's it, yeah. You can you can chat. You can chat freely. Did I win that? Yeah. Yes, one zero, Julie. He snap. Let's snap. Favorite stadium. San Francisco. AT and T. I'm a Bay Area girl, though. I love it up there. And then saying that here in LA, people are gonna pop me. Taking another bite of donut to think this one over. <laughs> you've been you've been in stadiums around the world as well. Gosh, I know. I think the Rose Bowl. Have you called games there? Uh, yes. Oh, but I I'm thinking more playing actually. <laughs> Why did something happen there significant yeah, in your life? I don't know. I think I had a game there. <laughs> did once. you go watch a football game there? And I did. It just really <laughs> impacted you. We lost actually that Rose Bowl. The Stanford <laughs> team did. Who took this one? Um, uh, Doza. Oh, I got a nickname now. I agree. It was quick. Snaps. It was mm-hmm. on point. Didn't need to take a bite of donut in between. Well, Mom. What's one thing you have to have with you in the booth? <laughs> you need food, water, and soda. Food, water, and soda. Yeah. I'm with you on, like, snacks, for sure. Baseball games are long. It's for real. Like, you could die, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have you food. Ever, you ever do sunflower seeds while on air? While on air? I mean, just the spitting. I think just having dip would be awesome, right? Just <laughs> big old wad. Just like, hold so on. Gross. Come on camera and there's like a good, that's hot. You want to see a female doing baseball? <laughs> you have the big wad of chew. <laughs> I can't do without that. <laughs> okay, so. Wait, Julie, what's your one thing? Uh, it is not a wad of chew. <laughs> I I do have to have like um, hot tamales or really? Yeah, I like hot tamales, Skittles. I like sugar. You need a little burst. Wait, mom, what did you say you you would need? What did you say? You it's kind of like bubble gum. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried red vines, but they take a little too long or a little too chewy. Okay. Right? I can literally like pound a red vine in between like the play by play announcer and my time to actually talk. Okay. It's a, it's a good skill to have. Okay. Who took it? Julie. Oh, yes. You don't that. like gum? <laughs> Slash chew? Remember okay. Big League Chew we got? Yeah, sure. But I'd either take the Skittles and tamales. Tamales. <laughs> tamales thinking Mexican tamales. Got them trained. <laughs> 
So you, both of you have been in a lot of different cities. Can you give me a random recommendation in a random city? So I can name a place in Boston or New York, but I'm that thinking helps. like Hugo's is my spot in Boston. If you're looking for random, random, it literally looks like you've gone to a Latin American country. It's right next to the train station, usually by our hotel. And it's like the size of your closet and they just pour out tons of juice, all kinds of funky stuff. It's loud Latin music. It looks like a, like straight out of Madagascar. Like there could be loose animals walking around and talking to you. Like you just don't know. I have like three cards full, like where you get like nine whatevers and you get a free one. I have like three of those already full and I don't even live there. It's in Boston. That's my jam. That's a good one. Yeah. I was so lucky to spend a month in Paris of all wow, places. Wow, she's going there. Yeah, yeah. for uh, for the Euros. Rough life, Julie. <laughs> for, for Euro coverage. Someone's <laughs> got to work hard in this family. And uh, I became obsessed with their little city bikes. Instead of, like, walking to our set, I just city biked all over the, the place. And so, and there, you know, you just, you're out and you're off. And so I would recommend to anyone going in Paris that you do not walk. You go by bike. I did. I do that in Chicago every time I go. It doesn't yeah. just have to be Paris, Julie. Well, I'm talking Paris. I mean, this is a, like a U.S. <laughs> podcast right now, so people that might. I'm gonna have to say which one's better, which place is better, Boston or Italy. Well, it's not about the place. It's just whatever the answer is. I think Jess won that. Uh, okay. Mendoza. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. That should be the name of the podcast. What was the question again? I did that twice during some of the answers. I was like, I have no idea what the question was, and I'm just going to keep going. It is taking too long. Our next segment is most pressing questions. Are you ready, Jess? No. Okay, yes. We only have seven more segments to go. Now, as a mother of two, do you still have Bieber fever? Was I supposed to have it ever? You, I think at one point you disclosed to me oh, that it was you, Justin Timberlake. Remember, and ah. he sat by us at the restaurant. Justin Timberlake was at the restaurant. Remember, we did that Disney event, and we all went to dinner in L.A. Oh after yes, the event, yes, and then yes, Justin Timberlake yes. and, and Jessica Biel were sitting at yes. the table, and I disclosed to you my major crush on Justin Timberlake. So of course, Julie's like, "You need to go tell him." I'm like, "He's with his wife. Like, this is so awkward." And he was literally five feet away from us. <laughs> Do you know to this day when people are like, you know, famous person you've met, Izzy, my daughter, 12 years old, Justin Timberlake. I was like, yeah, she no, was there. No, you have not. She goes, well, I kind of met him. I was five feet away from him. I was like, you did not meet him. You were sitting next to him. At a she, wa- table. she went to the bathroom like 12 times, though. Remember? She just kept getting up and walking by. And oh, I got my Justin. I mean, that's like insult. I feel like. I'm, I'm sorry. You don't yeah. have Bieber fever. No. Okay. Where are you most at peace? Beach. I drive the kids crazy with it. Let's go to the beach. You always say, um, no, we're good. I'm just looking forward. It's like, it's always on um, a weekend. And she's just like, let's go to the beach. And everyone's just like, no, uh, we have been looking forward to a a nice day of doing absolutely nothing. Oh, my kids say that. They don't want to go to the beach. said nothing is not accepted. Okay. You have two free hours of time. What do you do? Two free hours usually find a way to work out. I I know that sounds like something that you wouldn't want to do, but Mm -hmm. if I have 20 minutes, I'll run to the garage and do something. If I'm in a hotel, I'll be like using the chair to do like my leg curls and the bathroom towels to do lunges. And 
I just working out to me, it's like, I don't know. It's something I just enjoy. And if I can squeeze in, yeah, I always do. Agreed. Hidden talent. Ah, hidden talent. I love to dance, love to sing, love to like play random instruments that I see. Yeah. So that's true. <laughs> can't Please. sing, can't dance, can't play any instruments, but Minor it doesn't details. stop me. Exactly. Your dancing's okay. Your singing is awful. <laughs> and then you, you never played an instrument, so I can't do anything with that. Would you oh, rather wow. than win an Oscars or a Grammys? Grammy. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Oh, I am a rock star, Julie. <laughs> of like you inside are. of me is this inner rock star. I, I just haven't found the talent. Me too. Let's like, start something. I, right? Band. Like I feel like I should be on a stage getting awards for my musical talent. I just haven't found the right like talent. <laughs> I just can't sing. I just can't or sing dance. or dance. But otherwise, I think like the tambourine. Great energy. I feel like it. I'm good with the tambourine. Yes, so we can be. I'm really good at karaoke. To get Grammys. For that. Go, oh, that's another good, most pressing question. Go to karaoke song. Any Justin Timberlake? Because I pretend Justin like I'm serenading. Timberlake. We're serenading each other. Justin Bieber. Okay, last one. If you could change one rule in Major League Baseball, what would it be? Oh gosh, just anything to shorten the game. Yeah. Um, I would love to. I would love, love, love to see less bullpen pitchers being used. And they're already starting to talk about having like a three pitch minimum. So now you can't bring in a lefty specialist for one batter. And then, I mean, honestly, and as the games get more important, the more changes are made. And there's times like if there's, well, there is a snoop cam, but like I'm pounding my head on the table because it's been 45 minutes and we've seen four batters. (laughs) And I know it, it, the game has gone to bullpens and I get it. It's cool. I get nerdy with it because there are, it's fun to match up and do all that right that's well, a that, lot then, of time it's not the game as a hitter like i'm a hitter to my core if you can imagine like you're never facing the same pitcher twice again you literally get one dude and then while you're on deck you might even get that dude and it just i don't know it changes the offense and i want people to hit and i want it to go faster and yeah. so we can just get four pitchers and that's it <laughs> That would be awesome. Let's just go like Little League World Series. Totally. Yes. Six just innings. get one kid. <laughs> and if you want to pitch, bring him in from center. No more pitches. Right. Go. <laughs> like, uh, the kid picking his nose at the end of the bench. You in yeah. now. <laughs> All right. The the last segment, high, low cheer. It's something we do around the table with my kids, usually of the day. They're high of the day. They're low of the day. They're cheer, meaning they're cheering someone on else on for doing something nice. We would like your high, low cheer of your career. Can it include playing or is that the cheater way? No. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it'll always go to playing. I mean, I love TV stuff, but hitting the game-winning home run in the World Championships in China against Japan. <laughs> Have I said I don't like Japan? <laughs> Caitlin Lowe was on first, and I remember getting a pitch way inside. Yukiko Ueno, who's the hardest throwing pitcher in the game. She's still pitching and she'll be in the 2020 Olympics. She came crazy inside. I was so dang slow on it that I got two inches and the ball almost killed someone in our visitor's dugout. So that's like, it was that far behind right. me. Line drive, the ball stuck in a hole in the dugout. Okay. Cement, like boom, went through that. So she's like, you know, being the mm-hmm, that she is, decides she's coming back. Like I'm going right back there. And I was like, you're not going to beat me again. If you come back here, I will sell out. She threw me a change. I would have fallen on my butt. (laughs) But she came right back, same spot. And I just annihilated it. 
and Boom. yeah, it was awesome. I probably and sprinted. did I say it's Japan? Yeah. <laughs> it was probably twenty five thousand. Um, we were in China. It was so loud. The place went crazy. And it was like that moment you dream about when you're a kid. You play the game. You train. You do all the stuff you don't want to do. In my mind, I was picturing those, that moment. I'm doing this because I, at 5 a.m. because I don't want to. I'm running these shuttles because bef- I'm going to throw up because at the end of the day, I want to be prepared for the moment that you need to, to be ready for. And oh, like that's one of those was. moments that it just... Oh, forever remember it the only thing is i sprinted i literally was like like act like you've been there before like i just like i almost passed caitlin like i was like yeah and i was like jumping around the bases and sprinting is because i want to get back to my girl you want to get to your team to sell you know Uh, said i'm running around the field like just pointing out all the japanese like it's right it's right you you (laughs) lost you lost two you're all losing (laughs) i'm really nice (laughs) i promise What's up, big man? Caden's here. Hi, Caden. How was school? Aww. Very Aww. adorable. Very adorable. Very adorable. You want to say adorable. hi in the mic real quick? Yeah. Hey, Caden, more importantly, dude, <gasps> that's what we got for you. So he... You guys, okay, so he had a game last night. Oh, he already, already guessed his no, so I'm saying so, but these donuts are for him because of his game. He pulled his first flag in football last night. The we flag. went nuts because my parents were there. We, I mean, Aww. it was kind of, I and mean, we were beating this team by a lot and usually yell for touchdown. Like, but this flag pull, this kid was running for like five minutes and no one could get him. And then Caden came in, he grabbed ripped him. it, and then he just went running around. <laughs> and we are like screaming like he just like, and I mean, everyone, and then everyone else is just like, are those people crazy or what? <laughs> they did. People were looking at us. But his grandpa told him, my dad said, if you get a flag, you get a donut. So the donut place was closed after the game, and oh, he was, like, see. devastated. Look at this. So he gets... Also, we have Look at... Donuts. These are Julie new, so we brought you donuts. Mm. You get to pick whichever one you want. Check them out. Okay, last two. Okay, the low of your career. Are we going to proceed? We're almost there. Let's proceed. <laughs> Let's proceed. Thank you. And then your cheer. Oh, low and cheer. Um, low, that one's easy. <laughs> Those come so quick. 2003, Dominican Republic, Pan Am Games. Batting third, we're a month away from Olympic trials to pick the first Olympic team that I would be on um, for the 2014. And I was filled, Julie, with so much doubt because I'm looking around and I'm like, Lisa Fernandez I had her poster above my bed. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my teammates and going, how am I on this team? I just all of a sudden began to think I don't deserve to be here. Mm. Like all that doubt turned me into a 150 hitter. It was the worst I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because the biggest moment in my life was a month away. And I had to literally... I was challenged with that and all of a sudden I was I succumbed to it I gave in to the insecurity I gave in to the doubt I'm like so upset because I'm like I'm not going to make the team so I go into the bathroom which in this Dominican stadium (laughs) is I'm not kidding like a cardboard box and I'm in the bathroom during the game and this and I'm just like I'm crying and I'm not a crier but I'm just devastated because I'm like what have I done like, how did I let this get the better of me? And all of a sudden, I'm crying. It's like 95 degrees. I'm in this Dominican bathroom. And this huge cockroach <laughs> goes just chilling by. All of a sudden, I became aware of where I was. And I'm like, 
did I do I play this game to be crying in a cardboard box with a freaking cockroach? My team's on the field and I am literally on my lowest moment with a cockroach in a box in 95 degree heat. I don't want to play if this is the person I'm going to be. So it wasn't like I walked out of the bathroom with like a cape on and like hit five home runs. But from then on, I realized I never wanted to be that person. It was good to be humble in practice to think that you were someone that wasn't good enough because it honestly, it drove me to get better and better. But when it came time to game time, I realized that I needed to make a change. I had to go out there and believe I was the best player on the field. Do you have like, instead of fuzzy dice hanging from your car, like a cockroach? (laughs) Just like as a reminder. (laughs) Yeah. Like, or it's like on the fireplace. Julie, it is still so there that feeling because it, still comes back and now it's not doubting if i can hit it's doubting can i do the job of yeah, doing it exactly. can i be the parent am you i the, need that the mom to come back every time that that happens it, we well, all need it it just what it makes me realize is i think as women we're always downplaying like yeah. i'm you know i'm not smart enough i'm not good yeah. enough i'm too fat i'm too this i'm ugly those words are so easy to come out of our mouth all my guy friends are always like i'm good what are we doing i don't care like i'm i'm awesome what like i'm hot <laughs> by the way like they're just so used to saying those words and they might not even feel it but it's there and for us it's like downplaying 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 that i've realized that if i start saying that or thinking it you become it you do i don't care how good you are i was a really good hitter and i was hitting a buck 50 because i was like i'm not good enough i'm not good enough well guess what i wasn't i had no business being on that team that entire tournament and i was lucky enough that my coach knew what i was and i made the olympic team around yeah but, and you won gold. Yeah, and it and worked you crushed out. It. But I was lucky enough to have that chance, and I just I told myself I'd never get to that point again. Wait, just to add to that story, you bet. I was just reading this the other day. What did you bat in that 2004 Olympics? Coming off your 150 right before the Olympics, I you, have no idea. You crushed it. Yeah, I'm you were sure like one of the best hitters in, in the Olympics. That, if not the best, sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but it's easy to remember the bad, Julie. <laughs> I just remember one fifty. Like, I, I just remember I was with the roach in the Dominican. My first, I do my first at bat. I had a triple. That was like because oh, I'd never awesome. been to the Olympics, and I was literally the most nervous I've ever been in anything I've ever done. And I, I didn't even see the ball, and then all of a sudden, I, I hit a triple, and that to me was Hello. <laughs> okay. Last one. Then you can hug your little monsters. You're cheer okay total cheese ball but i'm married to someone who gave up their job to be a stay-at-home dad yeah and he did it nine years ago and it was supposed to be permanent i was still playing pro and we had to move to florida and so oh is he in here okay good um because then we'll start crying and (laughs) it's like super cheesy but the things that he goes through um and it's such a role reversal in our life but i feel like the example he sets for our two boys it just goes unnoticed a lot of times. And if anything, there's criticism. There's times when people are like, no, no, no. What do you do for a living? He's like, I, I'm st-, and he owns it too. I'm stay home dad. I, I raise my boys for a living. He's the one that does laundry and grocery shops and does all these typical, whatever female roles. He does it in a way that these boys grow up and see both of us in the roles that we're in. Um, and he never questions it. And if anything, he encourages me more. There's times when I'm like, am I doing too much? Um, should I back off so I can help? And we could, you know, you can go back to work. And he's like, no, he is the biggest supporter. Aww. He hears this kind of stuff. He gets very emotional. Yeah, he does. He would, he would, he probably is. Yeah, I think he's listening. I bet he's. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's more the crier too. <laughs> See the crier. 
Can you hear us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, what did you think of the podcast experience? It was cool. Um, is this live? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, wait, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> find that with Jessica Mendoza, I never stop laughing. <laughs> we giggle and giggle. Aw, laughter permitted. She's she, the perfect guest for that. She is the best. Right? I, I want to carve out an hour each week. Is that too aggressive, Jess? For just Mendoza time. Right? I just need to hang out with you. Is that cool, Jess? Great. Thanks. Good talk. All right. So our takeaways. We always do at the end of the show. Len, you actually go first this time. Okay. My takeaway from spending this time with Jessica is I marvel at how driven she is and her willingness to go for opportunities, even if she's not sure how they're going to turn out. Would she say she's going to figure out how to open the parachute on the way down? Is that what she was talking about? (laughs) I thought that was so good. Build your wings as you go. I've always loved, I've known Jess for, gosh, almost two decades, and I've always loved how she understands the bigger picture and that it's never about her in a sense that she gets what she's doing is trailblazing for other women and showing how scary it is at times and how vulnerable she feels at times, I think is an important message for them to hear because we all go through that. And when you hear that other people go through the same thing, you're like, ah, okay. And she made it and look at, she's thriving. So, um, I applaud her for being so raw and real with us, which, um, is so Truly, Jessica Mendoza. And, yeah, that's her. Sense. Yeah. And it was so fun to have Caleb, who ate all my strawberries, joining us. Not my donuts. He didn't want to touch the donuts. Definitely not my kids. Well, to be fair, Jessica got the strawberries. I don't know that you would bring strawberries to someone's house. <laughs> no, I would bring donuts, though. All right. So those are our takeaways, but we want to know yours. So tweet me at Julie Foudy and hashtag it laughter permitted. Please join the conversation. And thank you so much for spending some time with us. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. So I know it's not just my mom and now sister listening. So as we close out the show, big thanks to my friend and singer songwriter, the one and only Kate Diaz. A Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy alum. I also want to note for our awesome theme music. We hope you enjoyed listening. And always remember, sing along, kids. Laughter permitted. Doza. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time to listen and to our supporters. So one last shout out to Ally, because the fact is only 8% of people trust their bank. Get that, 8%. And yet most of us never bother looking elsewhere. Money means having options, and that's another fact. For example, options to start a business, quit your job, start a family, retire the way you want, or simply leave a legacy. Ally knows you deserve better, and their mission is to be just that. As women, I think this is something, honestly, we don't talk enough about, and we should all be paying attention to our money and where we put it. So look them up. Ask your friends. Ask your teammates. Check out the online reviews, because when it comes to your money and everything you've worked so hard for, your house, your car, your future, are you getting everything you want, or are you merely satisfied? Give Ally a call. When you call Ally, you can chat with a real person 24-7, even on weekends and holidays. For more information, visit ally.com, A-L-L-Y dot com, Ally Bank, member FDIC.